Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Welcome back, DMV, 2 o'clock hour. We're kicking things off. Hope everybody's doing well today. We're broadcasting live on 106.7 The Fan and the Team 980. On the AM-FM dial, we are on the Odyssey app. You can check us out there or on the stream at thefandc.com and theteam980.com. However you're tuned in today, we appreciate you hanging out with us for just a bit. I am Danny Noakes, Connor in the studio producing the show. And yes, we are into the final hour of today's program. So... We'll start taking some more calls coming up next segment. We got some more commanders topics to get to. We can revisit the Wizards and what their future looks like with the NBA draft now in the rearview mirror and several big moves made by the Wizards also happening in the last couple of days. And we're also going to continue our discussion on the Washington Nationals who dropped a game to the San Diego Padres last night. Who better to talk to in my world about the Washington Nationals than our guy Ryan Clary, a producer for Grant and Danny right here on 106.7 The Fan and the host of the Locked On Nationals podcast. Ryan, thanks for carving out a little bit of time for us on a Saturday afternoon, brother. How's everything going? Everything's going well, man. I was just checking out the London game between the Cubs and the Cardinals, and oh my God, it's a slugfest across the pond there. So <laughs> It's been a wild one to watch. Yeah, I got to check that one out, too, as soon as we get off the air here. Not to mention you got the College World Series coming up later on tonight and the Nationals getting another crack at the San Diego Padres with the second game of this weekend series. But, Ryan, you and I have the pleasure of doing a lot of Nationals talk between the Locked On Nationals podcast that you host and obviously you being the producer for Grant and Danny. There's, there's always a lot of Nationals talk going on. So we've been discussing this team, the expectations since before the season started and obviously very tempered expectations coming into the year nationals come out of the gate they're actually playing pretty well they're competitive they're playing a lot of one two run games not winning all of them but you you liked what you were seeing and now over the last 18 games the nats are struggling a little bit just three and 15 in that span as you've been watching them what do you think stands out to you the most as to what the nationals aren't doing quite as well currently that they were before if anything I mean, when you look at this offense, because the offense has been one of the main issues, in my opinion. You're not getting the extra base hits, and this team has not been able to hit home runs. And in today's game, it's as simple as that. It, it, that's what today's game is about. You have to be able to hit for the sluggy. You have to hit the ball over the fence. And this national team simply hasn't been able to do that over the last month. You look at guys like J. Mayor Candelario, who's done really well over the last month, and Lane Thomas as well, but it's a 19 sport. You have to have nine guys in that lineup, or really five guys in that lineup, to hit for power. And you have guys like Joey Manessis who do have that power bat in them, and as well as Dominic Smith, 
but they haven't been able to get it done at the plate so far. And I think that's just really been catching up with this Nationals team because you look at their average as a team as a whole across Major League Baseball, it's not bad as, at all. It's really in top ten in all of baseball, in my opinion. But then you look at the bullpen as well. This bullpen hasn't been able to keep a lead whatsoever. So I think as far as everything goes, this was the expectation. This was the Nationals team that we were expecting to see and that a lot of people were expecting to see. Be blatantly honest there. You know, yeah. So this rough patch is just kind of been what we've been expecting from day one, in my opinion. I think you're right. I, I think you're spot on with that, Ryan. And I think the the bigger surprise was really when the Nationals came out at the beginning of the season and, you know, we're only a couple of games below 500. And that got a lot of people excited. Maybe this this rebuild that the Nationals have been working on is, is not going to take quite as long as some folks thought. I, I don't know that we necessarily need to move off of that because I do think that there's still a lot of talent on this roster, even if it is very young and still needs a lot of development. But I think where you pinpointed the two largest issues with this team are A, exactly right, and B, exactly what we expected. Now, a guy like Lane Thomas, who you mentioned, he's actually playing pretty darn well. Hitting north of 290, he's leading the team in home runs with 12. The, the next closest guy is Candelario with eight of them, and, and that has really been unexpected. Yeah. So <laughs> what do you make of the season that Lane Thomas is having, and uh, do, do we need to start talking about whether the Nationals give him a contract extension or not? Well, honestly, I think Lane Thomas up to this point in 2023 is probably is definitely by far and away the Nationals' best hitter. And I also think he's probably the all-star who will be representing the Nationals up in the Pacific Northwest come this mid-July. I really think he's been that good this season. And also, the thing is, there's going to be some outfielders drop out of the all-star game. There's going to be some injuries, so I do believe he's going to be in that all-star game. But honestly, with Lane Thomas at this point, I look back at last deadline when you trade away Juan Soto at kind of the peak of his powers there when you have two and a half years left of control. Lane Thomas is in that same position right now. And honestly, with this Nationals team and where they are, I think it would be kind of crazy not to look at trading him at this deadline and really maximizing the value of Lane Thomas. I love Lane Thomas. I love the player that he is. I think he's a really good player. And honestly, I think this is more of the Lane Thomas that we're going to see over the course of the next few years. But here's the thing. Do you really see him as one of your future cornerstone players? Because you have guys like Robert Hassel, James Wood, Elijah Green, Christian Vaccaro, Jeremy De La Rosa, down in the minor leagues who are cooking and are going to be up in the major leagues over the next year or two. So that's kind of where the predicament that the Nationals and the front office are in. What do you do with Lane Thomas moving forward? Do you really kind of pen him in as a guy that we want him on our team, we want him on the next Nationals postseason run, or do you look to trade him at this deadline? Because I think the asking price for him is going to be a little bit higher than what people think, and I think the return on that deal would bold really well for this Nationals front office and the organization going forward. So it's a really tough question to really see what they do, but if they decided to extend him at this deadline, if they decided to keep him and not trade him and we want to build with him around as a big piece of the puzzle, I think that's perfectly fine, honestly. They're in a win-win situation with what Lane Thomas has done so far in 2023. 
Yeah, that's kind of how I've positioned it too, buddy. I, I've just talked about how it's a good problem to have where it you're is. looking you're you're looking at your farm system. You've got guys that you expect to come up and take over and be your starting outfield for years to come. It'll take a couple of years before you get there, but you currently also have someone who is is playing at a pretty high level. And and you mentioned Lane has already established himself as the best offensive player on the Nationals so far this season. I, I, whether or not the Nationals extend him or or use him as as trade fodder remains to be seen but I you know I think Joey Manessis is a guy that as his average has climbed this season you know kind of came out of the gates a little bit slow after having a really good world baseball classic Mm -hmm. he has he has really regained form I think and and he sadly also seems like someone that that the Nationals will probably move closer to the trade deadline don't you think yeah I would think Joey Manessis would be on the block but also like I wonder if they're gonna wait on him maybe until next year to see if his power numbers come back to what they were in last year, because if you were to get that power back from Joey Manessis, this guy's hitting for average. Then if you were to hit on power for on top of that, with obviously the National League having the DH now, I mean, that's a huge trade chip. And also you have him on a cheap deal under team control for almost five-plus years starting next year. So it, it's a real question to have for Nationals fans. But you could look to trade him at this deadline, and I think you're going to be getting something – relatively decent back like you're not going to be getting any top 100 prospects for him but you're going to get a nice bullpen guy and we know the nationals need all the bullpen help in the world right now (laughs) yes that's exactly right we're talking with ryan clary producer for grant and danny weekdays 2 to 6 30 p.m right here on 1067 and ryan is the host of the locked on nationals podcast you can find him on twitter at ryan clary 11 yeah ryan we have to talk about the pitching at least a little bit here in in this segment and i don't know how worth it it is to talk about the bullpen because like we've established earlier in our conversation we didn't expect them to be very good and if they do end up moving Lane Thomas and or Joey Manessis at the trade deadline, you would hope that they're able to bolster that bullpen a little bit more. I'm more interested in talking to you about the starters, right? Guys like mm-hmm. Josiah Gray, Mackenzie Gore, and Trevor Williams, who have all flashed, I think, really good moments through this season. Josiah Gray, in particular, you know, his his ERA sitting at 3.64. Mackenzie Gore's is just a shade over four. I like what I've seen from the most part out of those guys. They, they have some off days, but a lot of the time it's the offense that's unable to come through and, and give them any run support behind the good pitching performances that they have. Oh, yeah, especially with Josiah Gray. Earlier on in the season, if you remember, I think he had his first three starts were all losses. And that first start against the Braves, he got rocked around. First start of the season, whatever, flush it down the toilet. The next two starts, he was lights out. But I believe the Nationals only scored one run between both of those starts. So it's not good. It's not good for any stretch of it. But then on the flip side with Mackenzie Gore, Mackenzie Gore has looked really good in my opinion just for being a 24-year-old. He's still young. He's still maturing, and this is really his rookie season in my mind. Like, obviously, he got about seven starts with the Padres last year, but then looking at him now, he's really starting to get in the thick of it. He has had some struggles as of late, but I think that's not an issue considering his age and considering the workload he's had in the major leagues. What I want to see from Mackenzie Gore is to get through this season healthy, make sure the ERA is relatively low, like right now over a four ERA, It's fine. I think his pitching really has spoken for it. He's given up the long ball a little bit over the last few weeks, so he's going to have to fix that. But then again, I'm not that concerned with Mackenzie Gore or Josiah Gray, and I think the starting pitching has been relatively fine outside of Patrick Corbin and his stinker last night. But even then, (laughs) 
it hasn't been that bad. I think the Nationals pitching staff has probably been one of the brighter spots of this 2023 season. No doubt about it, and and it's led by the young guys, like you said, Josiah Gray, Mackenzie Gore, even Trevor mm-hmm. Williams, though has has put together a, a pretty nice season with a four and four record, a four point one four ERA, and coming off of a win in in his last start. So the pitching is generally not what the Nationals have to worry about. With you know, you have outlier games like as you mentioned, Corbin's game last night did yeah. not pitch well <laughs> against the Padres, but that's a pretty darn good offensive lineup too. So oh, yeah. you could. You can understand it to some degree, but Ryan, before I let you go, buddy, I'm just curious as to what your focus is going to be on now for the rest of the season. We're not quite midway, right? We've still got a couple of weeks before the All-Star break, but I I, I am curious because the trade deadline is, is going to hit us before we know it, and this is all ob- obviously a very young team, so... We've talked about the struggles, what they can do to get better, but is there a particular player that you're going to keep your eye on here for the rest of the season? Mackenzie Gore's health is is something good that I know a lot of people are going to be monitoring, but is there anything else? Absolutely. It's C.J. Abrams, in my opinion, because I still believe in C.J. Abrams. A lot of people have been a little bit down on him, but I believe the seven home runs that he's hit so far this season and also adding a couple extra base hits in last night's contest against the Padres, I think C.J. Abrams will start to turn a corner eventually. This guy was brought up really quickly in the major leagues with the Padres last year. The Nationals traded for him. They sent him down to AAA, had him get some at-bats in on the East Coast, then brought him back up, and he's been, in, he's been the major league shortstop ever since. So I think C.J. Abrams, at some point this season, will really start to turn it on. And I think we're going to start to see that as it starts to warm up, the ball starts to fly a little bit more because – a lot of people haven't really touted about his power. I don't think he's some huge power bat. But I also kind of compare him as like an early Trey Turner back in his career. When they catch on with the ball, it does go a far way. And when they get on base, they are as a messy runner as anyone on the base pass. So I think that is a big deal when considering you're only 22 years old, you need to wreak havoc on the bases, and C.J. Abrams has that speed to get in a pitcher's head and really make it a much-needed get-to task when he's on the base path. And I look at CJ in particular. He's just got to do the simple things. He's got to get on base. He's going to have to take his pitches. And when he does get on base, I want to see him steal some bags because this guy had an 80-grade speed coming into the season in 2022. He is a legit Hmm. runner. He's got to get let loose on the base path and do what he can do. And I think that's part of his game where – Maybe Davey Martinez and the coaching staff have kind of told him to, hey, let the bags come to you. Don't really be too aggressive out there. Don't run into any outs. But again, in this season, it's already kind of lost. Let him go. Let Mm -hmm. him do what he does. And I think that's when you'll start to see a much better C.J. Abrams down the stretch. I totally agree, and I'm really glad that you brought him up, Ryan, because I am. I just I believe in C.J. Abrams the same way that you do, and I, mm-hmm. I know that I, people have really wanted to compare him to Trey Turner because I I think they they play a similar style game, and I want to yes. be careful not to place those same sort of expectations on C.J. Abrams. But I do remember with Trey coming up, and and after the Nationals acquired him from the Padres, that he had some growing pains too, and it took a couple of years where he didn't play all season. They brought him up towards the end where he was really still trying to figure things out. And then all of a sudden he comes in after, 
you know, a few more, a little bit more Major League Baseball experience, and he was starting to turn into the Trey Turner that we all know and loved and, and watched win a World Series. So I, I'm, I'm still very optimistic about where this team is and, and the rest of the season, even if they're going through a rough spot. But, Ryan, i got to let you go, buddy. Thanks so much for the time this afternoon. You're the man. I appreciate you. We'll be listening both on Grant and Danny and on the Lockdown Nationals podcast, buddy. Thank you, Danny. I always appreciate it, man. You have a good one. You too, bud. That's Ryan Clary. Again, follow him on Twitter, at RyanClary11. He's got great Nationals coverage. He's the producer, along with our guy, Darius Dameron, for Grant and Danny, and he's the host of the Locked On Nationals podcast. So we'll step aside. We'll take a quick break. Good stuff on the Nats. We'll come back. We've got some Commander's topics to get to, as well as the Washington Post article that looks into the situations that all the pro sports teams here in D.C., are in at the moment. So stick around. Lots more to get to in the final hour of the show here on 106.7 The Fan. Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up. Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. A big thank you to Ryan Clary, producer for Grant and Danny, right here on 106.7 The Fan. That's weekdays from 2 to 6.30. You can hear Ryan and Darius, the producers, for our guys, Grant Paulson and Danny Ruye. Ryan also hosts the Locked On Nationals podcast, so we can continue our discussion on the Nationals, who continue their series with the San Diego Padres a little bit later on tonight. Not to mention you got D.C. United in action against FC Cincinnati. But we've been talking some Wizards, some Nats, some Commanders. Hit us up, 800-636-1067. You want to join in on the conversation. The Wizards have, if it wasn't already official, they've just made it official with a goodbye tweet to Bradley Beal, who is now a member of the Phoenix Suns, tweeting out uh, a thank you tweet and a corresponding video along with that. So 
it was all but official, I guess, at this point that that trade news broke a couple of days ago. But 800-636-1067 is the MGM National Harbor listener lines. We're opening those back up to take your calls right now. Let's go to Casey, who's calling in from D.C. Casey, thanks so much for the call. What's going on? Hey, buddy. Show sounds great today. Congratulations. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. What's on your mind? Uh, this weekend, we got the College World Series and yeah. two two phenoms that are playing for LSU. One of these two gentlemen are going to be our next great draft choice. I think we're <laughs> one. I mean, we're two, and the Pirates are one. Yep. Who do you think fits best in, the center fielder for LSU or the phenom pitcher for LSU into our 25 starting lineup? Yeah, that's that's a great question, Casey, and and I appreciate you calling in to ask it. It's actually a question that Ryan Clary and I have uh, discussed on one of the episodes of the Locked On Nationals podcast. Now, I'm looking at a mock draft right now, so what I'm about to present here may make the decision for the Washington Nationals going forward, right? The Pirates are slated to take, at least according to MLB.com, Paul Skeens, who is the righty out of LSU and one of the two studs that our, our guy Casey, who called in, was talking about with regards to the LSU baseball team that is competing for a College World Series starting tonight. The Nationals, according to MLB.com, would then take the outfielder Dylan Cruz out of LSU. And he's another stud, obviously a great defensive player and a guy that, that is going to give you some pop offensively as well. So if you can't get Paul Skeens, if, if the Pirates do end up taking him first overall, I think you probably go ahead and, and take Dylan Cruz out of LSU. And it's a tougher decision than it might seem because I think the Nationals right now are in a very good position with regard to their outfield, right? James Wood, Elijah Green, and Robert Hassel are all guys that are going to be expected and are, are, are highly touted prospects. They'll be expected in the future to come up for the Nationals and make an impact. We might still be a couple of years away from seeing that actually come to fruition, but as we've mentioned several times here throughout today's show, the outfield that you're looking at now for the Nationals is likely going to be entirely replaced by the trio of gentlemen that we have down there in the farm system right now for the Nationals. So if you insert Dylan Cruz into an already very talented and highly touted bevy of prospects, then I, I wonder where Cruz even ranks among those guys he, he it's it's definitely going to be closer to the top i would think as, as lsu is a really good team and the nationals haven't picked quite this close to the top of the draft in in a few years so i i think you're dealing with a guy who is as highly touted as, as any of the outfielders that are out there but i think it'll it'll come down to a little bit of situational awareness for the nationals so a good call from casey good question if Paul Skeens goes number one, if the pitcher from LSU goes number one, I think the Nationals go ahead and take Dylan Cruz, the, the center fielder there, out of LSU. So he is actually the number one draft prospect on on more lists, I think, than Skeens is. The Pirates obviously need some help on the mound. They need some help with regard to their pitching. The Nationals could use some help in terms of their pitching. There's no doubt about that. But at least you have Josiah Gray and Mackenzie Gore, 
who are a couple of young guys that, that have gone out and shown some promise where you're excited what the future holds for them as they get more comfortable in, in their day-to-day pitching for the Washington Nationals as well as when they when the Nationals are able to get some guys that produce a little bit more offense and you rely less on Josiah Gray and Mackenzie Gore to pitch six or seven innings and, and only give up a couple of runs because your offense just, just can't keep pace. So it honestly, it, it feels like the Nationals have a, a slightly more solid ground to stand on in terms of their outfield prospects in, as opposed to their pitching prospects. So if, if I were picking number one as the Washington Nationals, I would probably take Paul Skeens because inserting him into a pitching rotation that already features Josiah Gray and Mackenzie Gore, that, that just sounds incredibly special to me. And, and I think you, you're going to have a harder time finding a Skeens-level pitching prospect versus a Dylan Cruz-level outfield prospect. I, not that either one of them grow on trees, right? And, and I want to make sure that I'm not overlooking one or the other because they're both incredibly talented and either one I think would be a, a tremendous asset for the Nationals going forward. But if I'm picking first, I probably go Skeens, but the Nationals aren't picking first, so Skeens will probably still go number one to the Pittsburgh Pirates, and then I'm happy to take Dylan Cruz, the, the outfielder out of LSU. And and maybe Cruz is a guy that can come up and, and make an impact for the Nationals a little bit quicker than, say, Elijah Green is ready to. James Wood and Robert Hassel have, have already advanced up to, I believe, Harrisburg is, is where each of those guys are at right now. So they've moved up once since the season started for the Nationals, and, and there will be uh, more opportunities for them to do that here going in. Now, we're about to get to a break, but we've got more to get to, more Commander's topics. I've been holding on to this discussion on uh, the Washington Post article that kind of looks at all of the teams and their situations with um, with the city of D.C. And, and the financial requirements that they need to upgrade their stadium. But before we get to a break, let's go back over to the MGM National Harbor listener lines, 800-636-1067. We've got Thaby from Herndon. Who wants to call in and talk about the Nats? Thanks so much for calling, Thaby. What's going on? Hey, how are you? Good, um, how are so you? I had a question. Um, so do you think the Nationals could eventually um, be like this year's Reds? You know, they, mm. the Reds were bad for so long, you know, but uh, it seems like all their uh, farm guys and younger guys have – you know, started to come into their own. Yeah. You know, so it all um, eventually impounded, and you know, everything, everything started to click. You know. Yeah, yeah, it's a good question, Thaby. I appreciate it. Thanks for calling in. And the difference there, there's a couple of things that I think are different for the Cincinnati Reds than are the Washington Nationals. T- to answer your question. This is going to sound bad. Maybe right. Some things have to go right for the Nationals, but. Do I think it will happen? No, and and here's why. The Reds have this De La Rosa kid who just hit for the cycle last night, right? And he's an absolute stud. He's having a great year. I don't think the Nationals have a player like that right now. So that's the first thing that you have to... Well, that's actually not even the first thing that you need to look at because I think the first thing that you look at is the fact that the National League Central is not as tough a division as the National League East. 
That's the first thing you look at, right? The Braves have a 20-game lead over the Nationals in the NL East right now, but a six-game lead over the Miami Marlins, who are also a solid team this year. Only six games back, 43-34, and 34, is Miami. Philadelphia, they have cl- they've climbed their way back into to having a winning record. Still nine games back of the division lead, but there's still time to get themselves into a wild-card spot. They could catch the Braves, but I, I think the Braves are, are just too solid a team to give a lead like that up. But things can change. A lot of games are played throughout a Major League Baseball season. The Mets, as much as they're underachieving, do have a ton of talent on their roster. And it's not like you go into a series with the Mets if you're the Nationals and feel tremendously confident that you're going to walk away with the series win. That's a good team featuring a lot of good pitching and, and some good guys in, in their batting order. But it's it's just a much tougher division than the National League Central is, right? You, you've only got two teams with winning records in the National League Central right now. And although the Nationals would be at the seller of that division as well. I just don't, I, I think the Reds have benefited from that a little bit. Although they're on a 12 game win streak. <laughs> that's, that's as impressive a win streak. I think as, as we've seen from, from a team this year in major league baseball, especially when you consider the fact that the, the Reds don't have a household name really outside of Joey Votto, who is no longer really their best player when you look at what De La Rosa is doing. So a good call from Thaby, good question. I I think the Nationals could do what the Reds are doing on on not quite as grand a scale. I think they could pry some of those wins back, make things competitive again, but I I just don't think with the way the the division is shaped right now, they're they're going to have as easy a time of doing it. Not that it's been easy for the Cincinnati Reds, but they're just less likely than Cincinnati has been. So let's do this. Let's step aside. We'll take a quick break. We've got two segments left to go. So next segment will be the final segment in which we can take some calls. 800-636-1067 is the MGM National Harbor listener line. If you want to hit us up, talk any nationals, look back at the Wizards draft or the trades that they've made over the last couple of weeks. And we've got training camp on the horizon for the Washington Commanders, as well as their imminent sale on July 20th. Stick around. Lots more to get to on 106.7 The Fan. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. 
Last chance to get those calls in today, ladies and gentlemen, 800-636-1067. That's the MGM National Harbor listener line. I'm Danny Noakes with you up until 3 o'clock today. That's when we hand it off to Ben Standig. A little more local coverage here. Let's go on over to the MGM National Harbor listener lines right now where Adam is calling in from Fairfax, wants to talk some more Major League Baseball draft. Adam, thanks so much for calling in this afternoon. What's going on? Hey, how's it going, man? Good, man. Uh, How are you? I'm good. I'm good. First, uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Yep. Huh. Um, <laughs> now, I just I think that the difference with the MLB draft compared to, I mean, every other sport, yep. you, you cannot draft for need, for positional need. I mean, you have two potentially, you know, from every, from what everyone is saying, all the you know all the all the draft uh, people, two potentially generational prospects in schemes and crews. Yeah. I mean, I think it comes down to it's as simple as whichever one the Pirates pass on, yep. you got to take the other one. You know what I yep. mean? It, even if we have a deep, um, you know, we have a really deep outfield in terms of prospects. But if Cruz is there, I think it'd be a, a terrible mistake to pass on him. I totally agree, Adam. Thank you for the call, man. I appreciate it. I definitely agree. And and Adam actually gave a lot of the same sentiments that I gave in, in the last segment, right? It's really going to come down to who the Pittsburgh Pirates don't pick with the first overall selection that the Nationals will then go and take. So I think if if Cruz is sitting there too, you got to take him. Absolutely. absolutely. But if Paul, if Paul Skeens is sitting there, I think he is probably who I would go with first to 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 really fill out a, a starting rotation that could feature Josiah Gray, Mackenzie Gore, and Paul Skeens in the future. That that actually gets me pretty fired up. Now Cruz is actually on a lot of lists the higher the higher ranked prospect. So there's something to be said there, and I think that's who the Nationals will who they will ultimately end up with at least. That's who will be available at the number two spot. And if he is, I, I, there shouldn't be any hesitation there. You should take him, you should run, and you should be absolutely thrilled that you got a player like him. Because as, as Adam was saying, who just called in from Fairfax, he, he's, along with Skeen's, been mentioned as, as two potentially generational-type talent. So there's no way that if the Nationals have one of those guys available at number two that they should be passing on him. But I also like what Adam mentioned in saying that Major League Baseball is a little bit different because you you can't as much as you do, certainly in the National Football League, it's maybe less of, of what you do in the NBA, uh, but you, you don't necessarily draft for need, right? You, you improvements to particular stadiums. And you've also got Muriel Bowser, the mayor for Washington, D.C., who is lobbying for control of the RFK site, because they want to bring the Washington Commanders back to Washington, D.C. That lease is up in a couple of years at FedEx Field in Landover. All of the fans want the Commanders back at, at the site of RFK Stadium. If they knock it down and build a new stadium, which is incredibly likely what they would do, then that would be the ideal outcome for what happens next with the Commanders. And and frankly, with Josh Harris coming in and, and the NFL being the juggernaut that it is, I think that they have the best shot. Now, at least in terms of, of Ted Leonsis's discussions with, with obviously his, the status of Monumental and them meeting with DC Council Chair Phil Mendelson, there have, it's been floated out there that Ted would bring the Caps and the Wizards to Virginia, right? It's, it's important to remember that in, in terms of the 
stadium and the ability to build a stadium, Virginia has the most money by far, right? Virginia can front the money to, to build a stadium, whether it's for the commanders, whether it's a, a new one in, in Arlington somewhere for the Capitals and the Wizards and the Mystics. Uh, the Mystics actually already have a, a different venue that they play in other than, than Capital One Arena. But if, if, if they were to go to Virginia, if Ted Leonsis was to move the Capitals and, and, and they wouldn't change the name or anything like that, would literally just move where they play their home games into Northern Virginia, basically across the bridge, that could change some things. And they've had some of those exploratory discussions, but it's been said that the conversations have mainly been positive about getting improvements made to Capital One Arena and that the Wizards and the Capitals where they play their home games wouldn't go anywhere. And now if they were to go to Northern Virginia, it would likely be near Amazon's new HQ2. And that's according to three people with knowledge of the situation. The Nationals, it has to be mentioned that they helped, they, they were able to settle part of the dispute with Masson earlier this week. The Mid-Atlantic Sports Network agreed to pay the Nats and the Orioles around $100 million each following a dispute over the value of the, the television rights from 2012 to 2016. That does not include or resolve the issue for the years 2017 to 2023. The Orioles and their ownership are still screwing the Nationals, and the Nationals fans, by the way, with the, the broadcast deal that is currently in place. But getting that deal done clears a hurdle for the learners to try and sell the team. Now remember, the learners are also trying to sell the Nationals the same way that the Commanders will be sold to a new buyer in Josh Harris and his investment team. The learners are trying to sell the Nats, but they weren't valued as high as the learners had hoped. And there are several reasons for that. But if you can clear this mass and dispute up, if you can get a new scoreboard installed at Nationals Park, if you can figure this stuff out with Events DC, and there's there's to my knowledge, there's no, there's no issue because they just built Nats Park in 2008 or 2009. They finished building it. They're not, they're not going anywhere anytime soon. Even if some of the other improvements to the ballparks have, have already made Nats Park a place where some improvements do need to happen, there, there's no trouble of them going anywhere. And it sounds like those improvements will come. And in terms of the Nationals being a, a more... Uh, a, I guess just a more sexy asset to someone who might want to acquire them and be the new owner of the Nationals, that that was helped by the, the deal being struck between Mass and the Nationals and the Orioles. So it's just a fascinating medley of issues that the city has with all four of the pro sports teams. Two of them owned, the major pro sports teams, that is. Two of them owned by the same person, Leonsis. But Ted is also someone that's going to be in the running to buy the Nationals, if, if that ends up coming to fruition. So it's a lot to take in. And I advise you, if you want more information on that, head to the Washington Post to get the full breakdown, because they actually do a good job of breaking it down by each team and the particular situation that they're in. It was four or five journalists that helped work on that story so you can check it out there all right let's get out of here we'll step aside we'll take a quick break we'll come back and we will wrap up the show here on saturday afternoon stick around you're listening to 106.7 the fan as we turn the corner into the new year a lot of people are looking to get healthier that includes hero bread who have just launched their new recipe using heart-healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. 
made with natural ingredients. Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at Hero.co. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovas. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico? And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T E C O V A S.com, and point your toes west. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. (laughs) Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Closing up shop here on a Saturday afternoon. Danny Noakes with you on 106.7 The Fan, simulcasting on the Team 980 all afternoon long. Only about five minutes to go. We're going to hand things off to Ben Standig, who's got another great show, another three hours of local DMV sports talk ready for you all. It's going to be great. We've talked lots of commanders, wizards, and nationals today. And as we get ready to close up shop, we will, as a matter of fact, go back to the MGM National Harbor listener lines. Let's welcome in Bobby, who's calling in from Alexandria, has some questions about the stadium situations for the teams here in town. Bobby, thanks for calling in. What's going on? Hey, Danny, I appreciate you taking my call, man. Yeah. Um, I just think about this. I've watched other you know, teams. They play in you know, baseball stadiums. I don't know exactly the capacity as it stands now. For Nat Stadium, but everybody's got billions flying around. Why, if the learner's going to sell or somebody else is going to sell, why wouldn't they go? Hey, we can play football and baseball at this stadium and make Nat's Park, you know, the place where you're going to go watch the Commanders. Yeah. I, I don't know all the logistics, but I'm thinking in my, I don't think anybody's talked about that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good point, Bobby, and I I think you're right. Definitely nobody talking about that. It would be an interesting – I 
I don't know if there are any teams anymore between Major League Baseball and NFL that, that actually do share a stadium. I, I don't think that, that that exists anymore. I remember the Oakland Coliseum was definitely a place where the Athletics and, and the Raiders before they moved to Vegas was. But uh, it, it, that would be that would be something that's that's quite interesting. And, and it, it does always seem that there's billions lying around for for these owners to to erect these massive stadiums along with the taxpayer dollars which should not be the case but i digress on that particular situation and i would say that i don't think that that's likely to happen and similar to many other happenings in our world whether it has anything to do with sports or not i would think that the new owners of the commanders and and Assuming that there are going to be new owners of the Washington Nationals coming into the building within the next couple of years, they're going to want their own stadiums, right? And, you know, whether you want to call that greed or whatever else, right? Just wanting to have your own stadium. I don't think it's likely that any, whether it's the commanders or the Nationals, would sort of settle for something like that happening even even on a temporary basis, like when the Nationals were playing in, in RFK Stadium for the first three or four years of their existence, the, the, the Redskins had long been gone from RFK Stadium since then. So I, there, are, there are also other things that I think happen more frequently at these stadiums when you start to talk about other events, concerts and stuff like that. It's not to say that they didn't hold concerts and other events at at. NFL stadiums or NBA arenas or, or what have you, you know, they've, they've been doing that for decades, right? The, the Grateful Dead and the Allman Brothers came to RFK Stadium in the 1970s together. <laughs> Man, that would have been a fun show to be at. But so it's not like the, the notion of, you know, Taylor Swift coming and, and putting on a show at your stadium that'll sell out, by the way. That's, that's just a, an easy way to just make a ton of cash these days. Uh, but it, it's, it's, and then obviously you, you kind of have to repair the field after you have an event like that, whether it's Taylor Swift or Zach Brown band, it doesn't really matter. Uh, but there is the, every, every organization and, and certainly within sports is, is thinking about how they can leverage this venue outside of just the games, right? Draft parties and, and the like, there's just, there's a lot of different things that, that, that they're always trying to account for. So it's an interesting notion, Bobby. I don't think it's going to happen, uh, but no one has talked about it. That's for sure, <laughs> and I and I think the reason for that is it's just so unlikely because I think each of the teams in this city and and wherever else they might be undergoing a, a similar transition. They're they're all going to try and and get their own stadiums built. That's just how it is nowadays. So let's close things up here. Big thank you to my producer Connor Connor Perkins. Appreciate you, buddy. Great work behind the glass today. As always, a big thank you to my guests, Troy Halliburton and Ryan Clary. Great conversations with Troy about the Wizards and Ryan about the Nationals. Hope everybody enjoys the rest of your weekend. Ben Sandy coming up next on 106.7 The Fan. I will talk to you all again very soon. Be safe, be kind, be well. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. 
Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 